What's the name of this song again? I'm just kidding. I'm totally joking. Oh, I have those moments for real. All no, the no, time. this is not what this is. <clears throat> Do I know it's Christmas? Do I know it's Christmas? You ready to? Oh, I I don't think you can be prepared enough for this. This is there's re- so much. Are you ready to get your Geldof on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to get my midge on. Oh, that too. All right, you ready? Uh, <clears throat> well, you got the cheaters on. <laughs> grab the phone. Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule until now. And I am Mark Davis, and I'm just filled to the brim with uh, complete, I don't even know the word for it. <clears throat> Maybe that's it. Um, and disbelief <laughs> that this song has flown under the radar. Um, and I'm here with Seth. How are you, Seth? I'm very good. I, same thing, same thing. But Mark, we've got a two-hander here today. Oh, don't <laughs> we ever. Two this hand, is a big two, one. Two hands in the mouth. <laughs> exactly. So I'm scrolling on Facebook. Let's go ahead and, and take a peek behind the curtain for all the listeners. Just pull back I'm scrolling on, on Facebook. We had recorded the Colby Kelly episode as our Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. It's in the bag. <clears throat> We're good to go. We got a little time off. Uh I'm going to edit the episode and I'm scrolling through Facebook and I am uh, friends on Facebook with Bill Swan, mm-hmm. um, former trumpet player and guitarist of the band Beulah, one of my favorite bands of all time. Very good. Band. And um, he posts this article and the and um, I happened upon it. I happen to scroll right by it and I see that. Uh, it is questioning um, the lyrics to the Band-Aid song, Do They Know It's Christmas? And um, I was, and it basically, the article started much like many of our conversations and much like the start of this podcast did, basically saying, how in the fuck did this get by? Did this happen? Mm-hmm. And how did we not know until now? How have people, or you know, till recently, mm-hmm. <clears throat> how fucked up and how, <laughs> and how offensive in every single fucking how way. Just the 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 shockingly nearsighted lyrics that that just come up here. How did how did they get past us? <clears throat> so I I send the lyrics to you. Mm-hmm. I send the article to you, mm-hmm. and I think I I think I called you. Almost immediately you afterward, did. You and did. I said, and we we're like, we got to talk about this. I said, Seth, we've got to, we've got to ditch the Colby Kelly episode, which I'm glad we didn't. I am too. Yeah, I think I was definitely, um, I was definitely jumping the gun a little. I got a little excited. Well, I got a little trigger happy, but it's it's warranted. I think so too. Yeah. Now we talked about doing this next year. We talking about doing maybe bagging the Colby Kelly episode I'm and doing my that head. next no. year. Yeah. But you know, we decided instead. There's enough terrible Christmas music, I'm sure. Yeah. And just terrible songs in the world that we didn't necessarily need to uh, to do that. And then and and the festivities after the 2021 that we've had it's still holiday season, <clears> in <throat> my opinion. It's still snowing somewhere out there. Exactly. Somewhere out there, someone knows it's Christmas. 
And yeah, well, there's one part of the world. Apparently, it's not Africa. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Band Aid. Okay. Um, Can we start with Bob? Let's start with Bob. Bra- Bob. Uh, Bob Geldof. Bob Geldof. <laughs> Bra- Bob Geldof. Um, born October 5th, 1951. He's 70 years in Dunlacher, uh, Ireland. I was about to say Scotland. Uh, he was born in 1951 and immediately lost his comb. And uh, if you've ever seen a picture of Bob Geldof, then you know what I mean. Uh, was uh, in, involved in the uh, 1970s punk rock movement. He's very political. Had a group. Uh, had a, had a, a group called um, uh, um, the Boomtown Rats. Mm-hmm. Had a great song with the Boomtown Rats called "I Don't Like Mondays." I don't know if you've have you heard that song before. Yes. Yeah, great song. Really, really good song. I love it. It is. Um, it's one of those ones that's an earwig. It gets stuck in your head and played over and over again. Um, he's been involved in a lot of philanthropic things, and I don't know if I, I think that this might have been the first. Um, I, I'm not sure if it came out before Live Aid did. I think it did, um, but he's always had a, a soft spot in his heart for um, underprivileged portions of the world, um, afflicted portions of the world, specifically Africa. Um, And I do think that he is, that there is a level of sympathy in this man that runs deep, that uh, that is real, that, you know, he really truly does want to help uh, people in disadvantaged countries. I think that that is very, very real. And I think that he has done a lot to help them. Underneath... All of the stuff that all the complete trash we're going to talk, mm-hmm. we have to. We we would be remiss if we did not mention how much money this has raised. Yeah, for famine relief and for and for Ethiopia and, yeah. and all that. But <clears throat> and in, it was real. I mean, in, he was. Oh yeah, his his dedication to this was a real thing. Let's also talk a little bit about Midge Yor, okay, who is also the co-writer of this thing mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. uh a member for a short time or for a time of thin lizzie offered to be wow. the singer of the sex pistols but turned it down wow in the uh, mid-1970s midge is uh a reversal of the name jim his mm-hmm. name is actually james mm-hmm. your he is a scottish musician okay. and he is also one of those like everywhere something big is going on he's in, he's the, midst of in it. the midst of it which kind of bob geldoff is too yeah. <clears throat> exactly yeah. so these two are involved in band-aid live aid and live eight mm-hmm. um so i mean they're definitely doing a bunch of stuff um this Just to let you know he's still uh bob geldoff is uh serves as an advisor to the one campaign uh which was co-founded by uh bono as well and is also a member of to this day of the africa Pro- uh, progress panel still exists still doing all he can for disadvantaged countries in Africa. So in this regard, let's lift up Bob Geldof as a decent human being in that regard. Now, there have been other things about his life that have been brought up that you could question, but in regards to caring for disadvantaged nations, his dedication is unquestioned. Indeed. Do they know it's Christmas? Held the title of biggest-selling single of all time in the UK until 1997 when... Elton John Elton re-released John. Candle, Candle in the, in the Wind, Wind 1997, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. a tribute to Princess Diana following her death. Wow. Um, this song has <clears> sold <throat> 3.8 million copies in the UK alone. Wow. <clears throat> so this is a very, very, very large song. Yes. Huge. It is. It has been recorded three times. I don't know if it's been the same lyrics every time. I'm hoping not. Mm-hmm. It was recorded in 89, 2004, and 2014. 
Uh, it was used to raise funds for the Ebola crisis in West Africa. So, I mean, it is uh, it is definitely has made its rounds. Mm-hmm. The version that we're going to talk about is the 1984 version and the Band-Aid version. It like we were talking about with the Colby Calais song and with uh, Weird Al songs of your starts off kind of innocently enough. And then yeah. next thing you know, you're like, what in the actual fuck is going on? <laughs> What it's the hell is really, happening? Really, really near. Uh, like I said, just just not aware. Uh, he just fell short when it came to an awareness of what the hell he was writing. I mean, if this was, I'd like to think this this was in fact penned by Geldof. I wonder if Yuri uh, Midjuri uh, had any. Um, no, it's it, okay. According to this, Yuri took Geldof's lyrics and created the melody. So it's Geldof who's responsible for these abominations of lyrics of words yes um the song was originally uh written for the boomtown rats Mm -hmm. it was a lucky it was lucky in a way because i had already written the song which i had provisionally called it's my world and i knew it would be suitable if i just changed the words a bit and called it do they know it's christmas (laughs) midge reliable as ever sent down this tune which is a sort of christmassy bit at the end Mm -hmm. and we married the two together okay just to let you know that this has uh, Phil Collins um, drums. He, he he did the drums on this. Uh, the song features a slowed down sample from Tears for Fears track called "The Hurting." Tears for Fears is a fantastic group. Um, Tony Hadley of Spandau Ballet, as much as true, uh, was the first to record his vocal. And there was a section sung by Status Quo. I don't know. Do, do you know who Status Quo is? I don't think so. They were like a hard rock band from the '70s. They were actually pretty good. They were they weren't that bad at all. Um, that was uh, deemed unusable and was replaced with a section with people featuring Paul Weller, Sting, Glenn Gregory, Heaven Seventeen, Simon Le Bon. Uh, opening lines were written for David Bowie, who was not able to make the recording, but made a contribution to the B side. Um, what is that B side? I don't know. Um, doesn't have it listed. Boy George was the last to arrive. He's on it as well. Um, at the time, Culture Club was huge. Um, lots of, lots of uh, at the time, huge British stars uh, all over Band-Aid <clears throat> yeah. singing along. You know, and, I, and, and, it's, and it's shocking to me you know, that you think these British folks are really insightful and smart that they did not pick up on the total shit that they were singing you'd have to think that you're singing this and going i can't i can't sing this i mean i mean it was a different time yeah it was a different time but i mean it was the 80s probably half the room was packed full of cocaine also featuring drums from phil collins who recorded his drums in two takes oh wow um he did one that he wasn't satisfied with um and then ended up doing another one uh i mean i will tell you you can go on the wikipedia article and i'm sure there are full articles written about putting this together and again in the grand scheme of things the amount of people and the quality of people they had singing this Mm -hmm. is truly a thing of amazement yeah the only thing that eclipses that at level of amazement is that these lyrics happened and these people sang them yes well i would like to say that there is something that did actually eclipse this level of amazement um i don't know which one came out first but you have to remember that um uh, there comes a time when we heed a certain call. Of course, yeah, you we know? are the world. I yeah. mean, we are the world, man, had much, much bigger stars. I mean, th- you're, you're talking about a Hall of Fame 
when that, you know, Michael Jackson, Quincy Jones, Bruce Springsteen, Cindy Lauper, I mean, they, Bob Dylan was involved with it. Uh, it's just, We Are the World was huge, man. I mean, definitely much bigger, much better song, <laughs> more insightful <laughs> lyrics. Just not this trash. I mean, uh, you know, this did, you know, like you said, all the way to 1997. Before we get into the lyrics here, let me just say that Bob Geldof hates this song. I don't doubt it. Um, he said, I am responsible for two of the worst songs in history. The other one is We Are the World. Oh, but yeah, that's right. He was involved with it. Um, yes. I don't think We Are the World is that bad. Yours assessment in his autobiography was that it is a song that has nothing to do with music. It was all about generating money. The song didn't matter. The song was secondary, almost irrelevant. And in that regard, I'd like to say good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <clears throat> Again, I mean, you. I think in their eyes, you could have slapped, please. Because what happened, I, the way that the song was started was the BBC was one of the first news places mm -hmm. that was putting out information about the Ethiopian, Ethiopian crisis. Famine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And um, uh, allegedly what had happened was uh, Bob Geldof was watching with his partner um, and they were talking about documenting the famine and they described it as a biblical famine in the 20th century and the closest thing to hell on earth. It says the report featured nurse Claire Birchinger who had to choose which child was well enough to gain access to the limited amount of food at the feeding station and who were too sick to be saved. Were, how old were you in 1984? Four. You were four. I was uh, 10. Um, That'll and, stick with you. Yeah, and I remember because we sat down and watched dinner and watched CBS News with Dan Rather every single night. I remember looking on the TV screen and seeing pictures of thousands of children standing there with distended bellies um, and it was, as a 10-year-old kid, it was totally and completely shocking. I remember getting ready for soccer, probably when I was around seven, mm -hmm. and I remember seeing a commercial with like the flies in the kid's face, mm -hmm. et cetera, yep. Yep. and crying. Right. And being like, I don't understand This was why. the age of Sally Struthers. Yeah. Won't you please help the children, you know, and stuff like that. But it was- I don't, I don't mean to make a crude comparison here, so don't, please don't take this- apples for apples but it was our generation's aspca commercial it was it was the our super Sa sad our sarah mclaughlin yeah <clears throat> exactly we're both just coughing up a storm over here <laughs> um yeah it was our our generation's like but in my opinion breaking your heart far more devastating yeah i mean, I mean well some people love the animals more so was, you know it, it doesn't millions we don't need kids? to have that we don't need to no we don't need to we don't need to that. measure each other's dicks about which is worse but in any event, <clears throat> he saw this and was basically like, we need to do something about this. And said, I need this. to write a song looking down on these people. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially what it amounts to. Yeah, I, basically, <laughs> I want to amount these people to animals yeah. um, that are incapable of knowing what the fuck is going on. You just can't get away with that. That's what <clears throat> it sounds like. Uh, and then there's this, uh, before we get right into it, in contemporary times, the song has received criticism for what has been described as a colonial, Western-centric viewpoint and condescending stereotypical descriptions of Africa. Mm -hmm. And it mentions some specific, a specific line, which when it hits you, it fucking hits you. It hits hard. It hits you hard. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's to the face. This song slowly just eases you into a vat of what the fuck <laughs> am I hearing? Like this is like the 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 lyrical version 
<coughs> of Terminator 2 while he's getting lowered yeah, into, no the, into <laughs> the liquid being metal. Down. Yes, exactly. Are we ready? I I'm I've I, I don't think I've been more ready for a song that we have done in a long time than um for I mean for six seven months, man. This is a, this is a big one. Yeah, this is a big one. <laughs> it is. Uh, Paul Young brings us in. It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. At Christmas time, we let in light and we banish shade. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Bobby, open the blinds. Open the blinds. Okay. Like, uh, it's a little weird. Right. A little weird at start. Breathe in the good, let out the bad. Right. Yeah. It's Christmas time. Who needs to be afraid? Yeah. I guess we don't. We don't. We're going to banish from, the shade. From where we live, we're pretty safe. Yeah, and yeah. banishing the shade sounds in, in this in the in the modern days of uh of global warming. <laughs> Boy George chimes in. And in our world of plenty, we can spread a smile of joy. Throw your arms around the world at Christmas time kind of a tall order yeah Throw your arms around the world yeah i guess it's easier when you're a celebrity that's just had two or three number one singles over the last year you know yeah and yeah. it also makes it sound very easy to do yeah in our world of plenty we can spread a smile of joy mm. it's kind of a clumsy line hey, hey africa why don't you smile yeah. Why don't you smile, Africa? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and throw your arms around the world just at Christmas time. All your problems could go away if you just smiled at Christmas. We only care because it's Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> at Christmas time, we need to spread a smile of joy. George Michael, of course, has to pipe in. Mm-hmm. But say a prayer. <laughs> Pray for the other ones. <laughs> at Christmas time, it's hard. But when you're having fun, okay. So, but I'm George is going to say a prayer, uh-huh. and then he is immediately going to draw that line in the sand for, for the other one, them and me. Us. Yeah. yeah this like, is this is when you start. Yeah. Looking at the person next to you. Yeah. What did he just say, and what did he mean by what he just said? Ex- Why the other ones? Yeah. What? What? What is? What's the dividing line here? What's, <laughs> what? What makes them us them them or them them and us us? What right. is it? Yeah. Yeah. And at Christmas time, it's hard, but when you're having fun, Simon Laban. That I do have to say that he has pulled it back just a little bit. At Christmas time, it's hard. Hard for you, not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, there's a world outside your window. And it's a world of dread and fear. Is, is Simon talking about them too? I, I think, think so. I think at this I point so. there is a clear line of delineation. I don't think he's talking about a bad neighborhood in London uh, of anymore. Us and them. Yeah, exactly. This is uh, and and apparently it's a world of uh, a world of dread, dread. Yeah. And a world of fear and mm-hmm. nothing else. Yep. I mean, he could be talking about hell. He could be. And it sounds like he is. I think I'd like to hear Simon delineate a little bit more. It's a world of sand, a treeless world of sand near the equator. Now you've got you've got to wonder if this next one was on purpose. Sting, mm-hmm. where the only water flowing is the bitter sting. Hey, I see what they did there, Mark. <laughs> 
Oh, the now, at, at this point, I would like to mention that there, I believe, are six or seven major rivers in Africa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Zambezi, Congo, Nile. I mean, that's just three. <laughs> like, there is not just the, the bitter sting right. of tears. Yeah. There's water. The, yeah, there is. Maybe not. I mean, let's let's face it. They saw some videos of what looks like a pretty dry, arid spot. Right. You know what I mean? And you do hear still to this day about getting water to places in Africa. Right. But... The only water is the bitter sting of tears. That's it. That's, That's it. all you got. What are they drinking their own pee over there? Yeah, and Jesus. I mean, and we will get to the point where we're where they're talking about where they say they're talking about Africa mm-hmm. and not talking about Ethiopia. Right. <laughs> we were talking about a whole country which is hugely diverse in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and to so to sit there and say that in Africa the only water flowing. <laughs> It's the bitter. bitterest thing of tears. <laughs> it's how they irrigate the fields there, Mark. It's they go out and they get all the kids to cry. That's how they do it. You know, squeeze out those bitter tears. We got to get some corn growing. B- Bono chimes in with Sting. Oh yeah, they harmonize here. And the Christmas bells that ring there are the clanging <laughs> chimes of doom. Did Carrie King get involved in this for that one line? The clanging chimes of doom sounds like a Slayer lyric. I want the, I want a band name. I call it <laughs> clanging oh, yeah, chimes absolute. of doom there is a go. great band name. It is. I mean, Jesus. Now, again, I understand the purpose here is to make money. Mm-hmm. I understand that, like, there is something to be gained, I guess, by making this sound as hyperbolic as possible it's and make song, it sound Mark. terrible. Yeah, it is a song, yeah. But like, holy shit. If you're from Africa, you're sitting there going, what the fuck? Yeah. Fuck you. There are no bells in my country. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't want you fucking making my country sound like this. I mean, I know we're going through a crisis. Yeah. But can you imagine a song like this coming out about Ireland during the oh, potato famine? Oh, during the famine? Oh. It's like, oh, this fucking shitty green place. <laughs> like, be like, what the fuck are you talking there about? There were lots of skinny people there. Yeah, it's... Can we just... What does a clanging chime of doom sound like? Is it the Hell's Bells from the ACDC I'm picturing like, like, oh, maybe, yeah. or yeah. Or, I was thinking almost like a bell on top, like a gong on top of a bell or something. Okay. So there's some like crackle to it, some... Okay. Some dirt to it. Something, yeah, it's a little dirty. And then nothing will prepare you for this next line where Bono sings. This is it. This is here. We've reached. The, we've reached the early pinnacle of this song. Well, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. <laughs> How did he not know? How did he not know, man? In 1984, he's a grown man. He's a grown man with his own brain. How did he not know? There's a part of me that thinks that all of the good Bono has tried to do since this out, since this song, has <laughs> been trying to like make up for, for this. that line. <laughs> all that shit he has done. Right, the meetings with the G6 or G8 or whatever. All yeah, the, the G8 people, summit. The civilized countries of the world are like. Listen, we need to get you know more uh, more help out there to the third world. There's HIV running through the world, and I hope you didn't listen to what I sang in '84 on Band Aid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Boy George and others. <laughs> they couldn't even they couldn't and even others. tell you who yeah. else is there. It's right, Boy George and who gives a fuck? Uh, uh, condescending people. And there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. I'm listening to the chorus in my head. Oh. I'm hearing it. The greatest gift they'll get this year is life. <laughs> so like gangsters. <laughs> Where nothing ever grows, 
no rain or rivers flow, do they know it's Christmas time at all? Oh my god! This is so near. It's so. It, oh my god! The the greatest gift they'll get this year is life. It sounds like they're like. It sounds like something a gangster would say. Greatest gift you'll get is life. See, you know, I'm letting these bets go, letting all that money you owe me go just for another week. But the greatest gift you'll have at Christmas time is your life. Well, life is a pretty outstanding fucking. Gift. <laughs> it really. It's kind of all if there someone is. Someone told me your only choices for Christmas time are life and not life. I'd be like. <laughs> Pretty happy with the choice. Listen, you can have life or starve. <laughs> you can have un- yeah. life or unlife. Yeah. It's like, I'll take life, please. Please and thank you. Um, and there won't be snow in Christmas in Africa this Christmas time. There won't be snow when was in there Africa snow ever in- Christmas. Well, I mean, we could get we could get trivia here and say yeah. Mount Kilimanjaro has snow on the top right, of right, it. Right, right. But nobody's there's aren't there's no there's no people living on Mount Kilimanjaro. It's not like there were a bunch of there was a bunch of snow all the time. Right. And then this Christmas, because of this famine, yes. there is no there's not going to be Let's any just say that what the world knows of Africa is that is essentially snow free. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it it really is. Um <laughs> It's a hot, hot place. And do they know Without it's much Christmas? Food. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because they're poor, they can't have a calendar? <laughs> or they can't they figure out that... Like, yeah, yeah, they know it's fucking Christmas. They're, uh, they're, they have bigger fucking fish to fry. Like, they have bigger fucking problems going on. I can, you can also see them all gathered around the craft food table at the end of this going, I wonder if they know if it's Christmas. <laughs> While they snack on the Christmas turkey and ham. Oh, God. <laughs> They don't know it's Christmas over there. <laughs> yeah, well, <Can't> delicious. <laughs> Can't wait till we get uh, craft services. Here's to you. Raise a glass for everyone. Here's to them. Underneath that burning sun, do they know it's Christmas time at all? <laughs> As they cook and starve... We enjoy Jesus this Christmas. Right. I know it's so terrible. It's underneath so terrible. that burning sun. Jesus, ooh, <laughs> sucks to be them. Ouch, bummer. Sorry, you can't be in London, guys. Oh, yeah. by the way, are there any Christmas markets? They no. All, oh, they, you're starving. Can you imagine being there as they get into their fucking stretch limousine? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when open their done, fucking bottle of Dom. Have a couple bumps of blow on their way back to their luxurious East London or or country estates. Feed the world. Feed the world. Feed the world. Let them know it's Christmas time again. We've got all the Christmas gathered up over here. Mm-hmm. Rest of the world has to come to us for it. <laughs> yep. They have to come. But you know what? We're going to let the word out, Mark. We're going to mm-hmm. let the word out. They can't just tell by their characters. We're going to let them. Know. Yep. Yep. We we have the power. Yep. And they kind of do. We can <laughs> we can be withholding. <laughs> we will let you know when it's Christmas. How about we have some Christmas? When when it's ready, we will let you know. We gotta go to George Michael for it. Feed the world. Let them know it's Christmas time again. They just say this over and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, over and over again. Mark, that's it. It's succinct. It is. It, <laughs> but can I just say that the damage is done? Oh yeah. In those few lines, the rest of the world can. I mean, how did? I'm 
all I want to do is make love to you. I'm not saying that that's what I want to do to you. But that slid underneath my nose for, th- for 20 years, man. And I didn't know it. This, Mark, is older. And I've heard it far more. How did it get past us? How did it happen? I don't know. I don't know, man. This is just, this is unbelievable. I will say this. This song was recorded and mixed in over a 24-hour period. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe that. It's not, it's not the greatest production, in my, in my opinion. Uh, we are the world's far better production. Of course, when you got Agreed. Quincy involved. None of the mm-hmm. vocalists had heard the song before they arrived. Wow. Which is pretty, wow. I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that's pretty incredible about the song. Uh, yeah. And it could have been great, but the lyrics are so fucking tone deaf. <laughs> I, I, okay, I shouldn't say it could have been great. It's a, it's a, it, it's a so-so song. If your job was to write a song and record a song in a short period of time to get a shit ton of money for people that are disadvantaged, this succeeded in, in leaps and bounds. It absolutely did. So let's give them credit. They did it. They pulled it off. It just so happens that at the exact same time, they made the people that they were singing for seem less than human. I mean, like, like, do, do they do they really deserve this? It made you question it, or it's making me. It made me question it. Shit. Um, a couple of people singing during the chorus: uh, David Bowie, Phil Collins, Paul McCartney, Geldof, and Yor. Uh, the artists were not all friends, but they set aside their differences and were at least cordial to each other during the recording, with one exception. In the book, I Want My MTV, George Michael said the only person who didn't succumb to the charitable nature of the day was Paul Weller, who decided to have a go at me in front of everybody. I said, don't be a wanker all I your life. Have a day off. Absolutely believe that. 100%. Even though I love Paul Weller, yes, he's a dick. <clears throat> Indeed. Still. Not everyone in the UK was a fan of Do They Know It's Christmas. Morrissey told Time Out in 1985 that the project was, quote, diabolical, adding (laughs) it was the most self-righteous platform ever in the history of popular music. Back then, Morrissey had brains, had wit and brain about him. You know, not the Morrissey we know today, which is a completely different person. Morrissey had a brain back then, so it seemed. You know, and he's right. Thank God for his insight back then. I wish I would have paid more attention. Well, this is another one of those things that, uh, you know, he's not wrong. No. But it when it raised as much money as it did. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but it is diabolical. It's diabolical, man. I mean, the way I, that well, it sounds, the way that, that you know, I mean, you know, uh, let them have their Christmas, you know, the I don't bitter think he's, tears. I don't think he's talking lyrically. Oh, okay. I think he's saying that this was just used as a platform to make everybody ooh and ah about Bob Geldof okay. and about mid-year, yeah. which, is, which is probably true. But, I mean, who fucking cares? Yeah. I mean, lyrics aside, if you go to Africa and people are actually getting fucking food. Right. And you go. And they did. Oh, well, this was made because some guys wanted to, like, seem altruistic. Yeah. The Africans would be like. I don't give a fuck. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Do I get fucking, will my children fucking live? You know. Then I don't give a that's fuck. That's just it. I do remember, I, I remember that. He was just mad that he didn't get asked. Probably. Pro- I mean. That is probably yeah, I mean, it. he is extremely egotistical. There's no getting around that. But I do remember that at the end of We Are the World, Band-Aid, and everything else, they did film trucks of them taking barley and meal and things and actual food to these people and feeding these children. I mean, you saw videos. They showed this is the direct result 
of the money that was raised by these two songs. So it 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 did. It helped things. So who gave the most inspired vocal performance on this song? To mid years ears, it was Bono. Bono? He told Song Facts when Don Bono took that line of the song tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. <laughs> I had originally sung it on the guide vo- vocal an octave lower, and he just decided to let it rip, and it was phenomenal, electric. It was just sensational. Well. Um <sighs> <laughs> i don't know how i feel what, about did you miss it midge did you did you not know i mean yes he didn't know did you know who donated their studio for this who our old friend trevor horn no way he did he was really? asked to produce it but he said it was going to take six weeks and they said we don't have the time he said well right. you can use my studio wow uh Listeners may remember us talking about Trevor Horn in the Yes episode. Yes, yes, yes. Of South Owner African. of a Lonely Heart, yep. also an ex-member of the Buggles. Yep. Um, Bob Geldof wrote the original pre-course line, There Won't Be Snow in Ethiopia This Christmas. Midgeor convinced him to swap Ethiopia for Africa. Not like it made a difference, but hey, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Taylor from Duran Duran on bass. Phil Collins wow, on drums. One of my favorite bass players ever. All the rest of the instrumenta- instrumentation was done by Midge. Really? Indeed. Okay. Um, well, I, for- I got to ask you, Mark, just between me and you, what do you think of John Taylor? Oh, I think he's great. He's an incredible bass player. Man. Yeah, we were Absolutely. talking a little bit about, uh, from the past episode, um, uh, Hungry, Hungry Like, like the a Wolf. wolf. Yeah, we talked yeah, a little bit about his bass One of my favorite playing. bass players, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, fantastic stuff. Um, trying to, I mean, they're honestly... There's so much behind this ep- behind this song. We could probably go on for days. It's the kind of thing that it's the kind of song that has so much history in so much what's the word I'm looking for? Um it captured the moment. Well, it has it has so much way. um like I don't want to say drama behind it, but so much you know, uh, information built up around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that it just kind of took on a life for its own. Uh, this song generated about 10 million pounds for famine relief. Which at the time was unbelievable. Bob Geldof traveled to Ethiopia to oversee distribution of the aid. Like I told you, there was videos of him taking food down there. He says he never glorified the relief effort, asked if he was proud of his work to end hunger in a 1985 Radio Times interview. Geldof replied, not at all. It's exhausting and a total bore if you want to know the truth. It's not fulfilling at all. I'm endlessly frustrated, which is kind of wow, a weird. That is weird to say. It's man. kind of kind of a weird. After thing. all the work that you did, that did so much good to say something like that. Uh, Spin magazine <sighs> later reported that the money Geldof brought to Ethiopia was used by war torn countries, the war torn countries dictator, to arm his forces and crush his enemies. According to the report, the Ethiopian famine was mostly caused by its government, which poisoned farms of its opponents. Can you imagine? <laughs> Very, very wild. Uh, Um, For the 2014 version, several lyrics that were previously criticized were rewritten, and the song was changed to focus on Ebola rather than the original version's famine. Mm -hmm. Uh, The new lyrics have also been criticized as promoting stereotypes and condescension. Maybe we'll do that sometime in the future. However, criticism from Africans regarding the song remained. In 2014, African activists and Twitter users complained that the song disregarded the diversity of the continent of Africa and ultimately did more harm than good for the people, uh, which might be a little bit of a stretch. Um, 
uh, musician Fuse ODG turned down a request to sing on the 2014 version, stating that the lyrics of the song do not reflect what Africa truly is. Mm. He cited lyrics such as, There is no peace and joy in West Africa this Christmas, saying he goes to Ghana yearly for the sole purpose of peace and joy. So singing such yeah. lyrics would be a blatant lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, you were talking earlier about that one, the line that, you know, uh, that Bono does. Um, in the, aren't you glad it's them instead of you or something? Um, and I just have to go back to genius. Uh, the, the notes on that is, uh, this is one of the song's most iconic lines. Bono would sing the equivalent line on both Band-Aid 20 and 30 versions. Initially, Justin Hawkman's of the darkness was supposed to sing the line on the 20th anniversary version. Could you imagine that? Uh, but Bono insisted on recording it again. That's my, it's my greatest line. Um, be very grateful that you're not suffering from starvation due to famine is what he's saying to trying to say, don't forget how lucky and privileged you are to be able to eat every day. Uh, in later Jesus. versions, the line was replaced with, well, tonight we're reaching out and touching you because okay. somebody woke up to the fact that that other, that the other line is just completely fucking condescending. This was due to controversy over the line seeming in line, seeming insensitive, Although the change merely brought about a new round of criticism, I'm sure it did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, creep factor. It's there. It's there just because of I I, I I went into this episode, Mark, thinking to myself, I can't use the word tone deaf, and I don't think I did once. You, I think you did once, but if I if I overuse it, because this is the finest example of tone deaf lyrics that we have had. I think of maybe any song that we've done. Yeah, it's up there. It's creepy. It's fucking creepy. Is it, you know, trapping you in a bedroom creepy? No. I'm going to give it a solid 8.3. Wow. Yeah, it's creepy. When wow. I When I saw it, when I started reading it, when I started reading them, I was like, this shit is crazy. I, it is weird. I almost feel like we have to come up with a different factor for this. Because I wouldn't use creep as the word. It's It's... It, but it, it gave me creepy vibes. The creeps. It did. It totally when did. When I think of creep, I, I think of I think of uh, predatory, which I, I guess in a way this is predatory. Um, I, I, oh. I guess for whatever it's worth, I guess I'll try and rate it on the scale that you're talking about, which is, I guess, just like the shitty person scale. Um, I'll give it, uh, I'll give it a seven, nine. Really? Okay. I hope my didn't, my, my high score didn't factor into. No, I mean, it's, um, like I said, Can I say that it, there's a level of, you know, when we deal with, when you're talking about creepy people that are like predatory, you're, you're looking at people that have, that are psychotic to a degree. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yes, you are. You're dealing with Okay. And in this, there's a certain level of psychosis to these lyrics. There is an elevated sense of self in these lyrics. I'm bigger, I'm better. It's there. And I think that's what contributes to There's definitely a the, separation. Yes, yeah. there's a separation. There is, a, yeah, it's of me of me and them. And that exists in the predatory creep uh, factor as well. So it's there. It's creepy. It is creepy to me. Yeah, it just feels... It, I feel like there's some kind of um, some kind of line there where it goes from creep to... Something else that isn't necessarily any better. It's just sideways instead of forward you, maybe or Maybe you could call it like a condescension factor. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's going to uh, be something that rhymes with creep. I know. In any event, it doesn't matter. It's it's fucking awful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we just did our diligence that on this line of, of 
thank God it's them instead of you. I mean, holy and, and he's shit. right. I'm sitting here listening, thinking about it. Thank God it's them instead of you. I mean, when he's when he does that part, it is. He it's he. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, he put his all oh, into yeah. that. He, he really really did. pushed it. I thought he was going to say, I thought Midge was going to say, when you said that, I thought he was going to say, oh, like George Michael, because George Michael stands out in this song, too. He really does. But, goddamn, he's right. It's the Bono part. It is the Bono part. He really just lets it fly. Uh-huh. He, he he really just has to has to tell you what's what. All Mark, right. Where are we taking this I train feel... after? I mean, we're, we got to go down from here. This was this was just too much of a... This one was big. This one was big. You know, we trucked in a whole lot of issues into your into the castle today, man. Indeed. Um, well, I'll tell you this. We've got um we got a song that Mike mentioned to me that I don't even know if I mentioned to you. Maybe I did. That's okay. But it's a good I'm one. I'm sure it's gonna be good. We're gonna do Cherry Pop and Daddy's hit song Zoot Suit Riot. You did mention this one to me. I did look up the lyrics. It's worthy. We're going to mm-hmm. see if maybe we can get him on. When I asked him about him doing it with us, he thought that there's a better one suited for him. So well, we'll, we'll see about maybe doing it with him. If, if we not, can, we we'll can, have we him can. on if in the not, future. Yeah. But uh, this song, that song is <laughs> is way more uh, levity. Yes. Oh, <laughs> it thank is God. not heavy like this. No, no. Uh, it will not Even make though me the, cry the heaviness, listening back to it. This was a blast. This one was a really good one. I loved it. <laughs> yes. All the anticipation that we had. For this one, I feel fellow followed through. I do. So throw on your uh, two tone shoes and your wide brimmed hat, <laughs> and uh, go throw fucking comb through go watch Swingers uh-huh. and uh, and go, Daddy. Listen to uh, <laughs> the song that brought about the uh, the website GoDaddy.com. I didn't really, but it would be funny <laughs> if it did. Go listen to Zoot Suit Riot. Try to listen to it um, as much as you can. And uh, we will be back next Friday. Did you know, just real quick, that um, that in in this song, Morrissey was originally supposed to be involved? You do know that. No. Yeah, he was supposed to be involved. He was supposed to come in there and sing a song about how awesome it is, you know, living in Manchester and how great things are there. And, uh, you know, and it's too bad that you couldn't live there. But all of the condescension went away when he sung it in Swahili. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics to go pod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs> <laughs>